NPR. A few years after Hurricane Katrina, Tanya White was getting frustrated with her son's school. There were teachers leaving, the principal was leaving, what was going on, and I didn't get a valid answer. Tanya White's son Gino was enrolled in a New Orleans public school, and Tanya says it was not a good fit for him. His setting needed to be a little smaller. Financially, moving Gino to a private school was out of the question. But then she received a letter. Which was, if I were interested in picking up a, a private school of my choice for my child. Tanya says it was hard to believe, but New Orleans had launched this policy called school vouchers, or as advocates call it, school choice. And in New Orleans' case, it meant public funding for some children from lower-income families to attend private schools. Yeah, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> I hit the jackpot. But school vouchers is a controversial policy. Either you think it undermines the public school system, or you think it gives parents the ability to choose the best schools for their children. And this policy's popularity has been spiking recently. In 2021, 19 states introduced or expanded school vouchers. Partly it's been a reaction against public schools' COVID control policies or teaching on sexuality, gender, and race. But aside from these deeper political questions, what does the evidence actually say about the core thing school is for? Which is educating kids. This is The Indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, whether school vouchers improve students' educational outcomes. We've got a cool-headed analysis of one of the hottest policy debates in America. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. The world needs entrepreneurial leaders, and you can become one at Babson College. Gain the skills to lead, motivate, and inspire through a specialized master's or MBA program with full-time, part-time, and online options. Turn ideas into action with a graduate program that caters to your professional needs and fits your lifestyle. Ranked number one in entrepreneurship by U.S. News and World Report. Apply now at babson.edu slash gradprograms. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Certified Financial Planners. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, Certified Financial Planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Miguel Urquiola is an economist at Columbia University. He spent a good part of his career looking into whether school vouchers work. But before he started that research, his basic thought was, surely more school choice is a good thing. Yeah, you know, if if I have to be honest, I came in with a bit of preconceptions that comes, you know, perhaps from being an economist, which is that, in general, you know, places where the market has a lot of latitude work well and that, you know, consumers should have a lot of choice. As Miguel was digging into this, he had read the libertarian economist Milton Friedman, who wrote a lot about school vouchers in the 1950s and 60s. Why is it that the role of government in education has been increasing? Why is it that the parents have been given less control and the administrators more? 
He said, yes, it makes sense for kids to go to school. Yes, there's an interest in society to make sure all kids go to school. But why should it be publicly provided? He asked. He said, you know, we could give everyone uh, basically a voucher, he called it, and stipulate that it could be spent at any school. And then the kid would get schooling, would get education, which society wants. But he said the fact that schools would have to compete uh, to attract that kid and those parents would basically make for higher quality. One country that took up Milton Friedman's ideas with enthusiasm was Chile in 1981. So Miguel looked into whether school vouchers actually improved educational outcomes in Chile. What I found is that uh, vouchers or school choice do a couple of things, at least. One is they probably make people happy, at least those people who use the the voucher. There's a certain thing of, of like having some control in your life or being able to choose a school for your kid. From a social point of view, you would want kids on average to to learn more. And the surprising thing about Chile, I think, was that there was basically a lot of people moving around, a lot of people choosing different schools, leaving public school and going to the private sector and so on. And there was surprisingly much less evidence of anything really happening, say, on the average level of learning. So we're just shuffling the chairs around and there's a whole lot of energy being created. But at the end, you weren't seeing a whole lot right. of educational difference. Right. It's it's kind of like like if you thought, you know, there's a block or a neighborhood uh, around which you live where the restaurants are not that great. And then there's a lot of what seems like competition, a lot of changing, you know, a lot of them close, new ones open, shiny storefronts and that. And yet you conclude later on that on average, the food is still as bad as it always was. So Miguel's preconceptions had been shattered by this study of the Chilean experience. But these results show up again and again in the U.S. too, with study after study from New York to Louisiana to Washington, D.C., coming to the same conclusions. School vouchers do not really seem to have much of an effect on kids' grades. Some studies show a slight increase. Others show a slight decrease. Many studies show no change at all. What has been found with school vouchers is increased sorting, as in kids that are more similar to each other going to the same schools. And that's fueled by something known as cream skimming. So cream skimming, you know, being this idea that if you, I don't know, like, (laughs) uh, uh, so I've had natural cream. And basically, if you boil milk, the cream will rise to the top, then you let it cool, and then you skim off the cream, right? And one thing that school choice does, uh, you know, that the allowing vouchers does is allowing people to separate out. And so this happened massively in the case of Chile. And I think it's a consequence of school choice or vouchers generally that if you give people the opportunity to choose schools, they'll naturally separate out along different dimensions. They could be income. They could be ethnic dimensions. They could be belief. Basically, what happened with Chile is that it became much more likely, for example, that a wealthy kid would have wealthy peers or that a very Catholic kid would have very Catholic peers. And so this is a standard result. And then at the same time, not a whole lot of evidence of changes in learning. A big reason why there's not a lot of evidence for changes in learning is that parents often do not have good information about schools. Quality is hard to observe. So, for example, I can observe very easily if I'm a parent that, you know, kids who go to Yale, for example, have good outcomes. But from an economic point of view, what you want to observe is the is the value added of the school is is my kid's outcome any better due to going to to Yale as it would be, say, if my kid went to someplace else? Like, right. say, yeah. Maybe they're already bright. They're and already they bright. To go there. And, yeah. you know, and because of sorting and cream skimming, what you have, in fact, is that the Yales or the wealthy schools of the, of the world or certain charter schools are getting bright kids. So it's very hard for a parent to disentangle that. We asked Tanya, the mother from New Orleans who received a school voucher for her son. 
how did she figure out which school to send her son Gino to? You know, trying to predict how good a school might be at teaching your kid, you know, it can be really tough. Well, no, it's not hard because you have to go in and, and you have to make a list of the questions you're asking. What y'all day like? What you do for discipline? Homework? Schoolwork? I want to know about the principal. You know, what's going on? What's your background? You know, what are your plans for the kids? Tanya ended up going with a school called Life of Christ Christian Academy. And she says Gino loved it. And yes, he flourished like a butterfly. Um, he graduated in 2018. Gino went off to college, now works at an insurance company. So we asked Tanya what she thought might have happened if she had never gotten that letter in the mail saying Gino might be eligible for a school voucher. Oh, he was going to graduate. He was going to be successful. I'm old school, so we we wasn't doing none of that. (laughs) (laughs) But like I said, I thank God for that program, you know, to find those smaller classes was a fit for him. Tanya's experience seems to be consistent with what the broader literature finds. She and Gino were happier with more choice. But whether or not Gino's academic results would have been any different in some alternative public school universe, that it's hard to say. This episode was produced by Sam Yellowhorse-Kessler and Cooper Katz-McKim with engineering by Sina Lafredo. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Kate Cannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How, how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.